Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. strange familiars oh hi tim i didn't know we were starting i'm still eating my blood orange (laughs) if you've seen something strange and you'd like to share your story on the podcast whether it's a cryptid a ufo a ghost anything paranormal or if you know of a story you think we should cover you can email us strange familiars podcast at gmail.com how are you doing tonight allison i'm doing well i haven't had a nap but we'll see how this goes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the evening nap is very important to the <laughs> it's a, it's to a, the strange familiars it's a crucial part crazy. of the evening so tonight we're going to be talking with logan who shares some audio that his father recorded in 1979 and 1980 this is fascinating i really enjoyed overhearing this interview you know i i, I pre-hear things yes. I pre-hear the show and, and this one was a yeah allison hears the interviews usually twice usually <laughs> once when i do the interview and then again when i do the editing it's really fascinating this whole story mm-hmm. uh, there's some you know sort of tragic parts to it um mm-hmm. with his father and stuff but it it all kind of ties in in this really really interesting way and I really like the way he tells the story in the way it's almost as if he took on his father's research in a way. Like, yeah, I, I mean, anytime we have a story that sort of involves like a family mystery or 
um, inherited mystery or genetic mystery. I really like those stories. Yeah, so it's really, really cool. What I'm going to do is I'm going to interview Logan, and I do play one of the clips that his father recorded during the interview. Mm -hmm. But there's a bunch of clips of uh, these purported Bigfoot sounds, this Mount Vernon monster, supposedly. Mm -hmm. And I'll come back at the end of the interview, and I'll play them all. So I won't, oh, okay. I won't interrupt his interview. So you'll get to hear all the different clips at the end of the show. So hang on for those at the end. Now, since we're talking about the, the Mount Vernon monster. Is this Mount Vernon like Mount Vernon, the Mount Vernon? Like where George Washington lives? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like sometimes there's, you know, there's a hundred yeah. towns with certain names, but I didn't know this was the Mount Vernon. You could probably hear a rabbit in the background. She's, she she like she deliberately messes stuff up. Like <laughs> she wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> That's Echo going nutty in her pen. She's usually roaming free at this time. Yeah, and there, but there's some wet paint that she can't be near. She's very irritated that she has to be in her pen at this time. I get it. I'm irritated too. <laughs> this is from the Childress Index. That's the name of the newspaper. I wouldn't have guessed that. From Childress, Texas, the 20th of May, 1979. However, this article was in the AP. I think it originally oh, okay. was I mean... in a Washington paper, but this is just where I found it. Okay. So, Mount Vernon Monster Causing Big Problems. Alexandria, Virginia. George Washington once slept here, but he might find it harder nowadays. A strange something is at large, wailing or screaming nightly, a mile from the ancestral home of the father of his country. For nine noisy months, the mystery creature has haunted a patch of woods surrounded by $150,000 homes near Mount Vernon, wrecking the peace and defying spotting and identification. Local teenagers have caught its act on tape. It goes something like, or or even, now that's me trying to phonetically pronounce what they wrote in the paper. Yeah, I feel like you're taking some liberties there. <laughs> The Mount Vernon Monster, some call it. Others, Bigfoot. More guesses. Hoot owls, loud frogs, a radio with a stuck button, wild boars, a prankster with a bullhorn, the ghost of George Washington, the ghost of George Washington's pigs. One person suggested a peacock, said George Stickman, Fairfax County game warden, who has ruled out bears, bobcats, and other fauna found in the vicinity. The peacock theory may not be too exotic. Experts at the nearby Mason Neck Wildlife Refuge said peafowl are often kept as yard pets in the south. One could have flown the coop and fluttered to Mount Vernon. They have a loud, penetrating cry, almost like a scream, said John Aldrich, a retired fish and wildlife researcher. Mike Morgan of the National Zoo said the birds used to escape frequently when allowed to roam the grounds. Whatever it may be, the creature is elusive as well as vocal. It has foiled police watches, flyovers by a U.S. Park Police helicopter, volunteer youth patrols, and the determined efforts of Warden Stickman. The thing seems to know when you leave the woods, then it starts to holler, said Stickman, who staged a fruitless overnight vigil to catch the interloper. Meanwhile, the residents continue to discuss the problem at get-togethers, playing tapes and advancing theories. Maybe it's a wounded animal or bird with damaged vocal cords, said Maggie Oyer, who thinks the sound it makes is a low wailing. One resident, Thelma Crisp, says she spotted the monster. She described it as a creature about six feet tall, which lumbered into the woods after being sighted. Could it be a Bigfoot trying to reach headquarters of the Fish and Wildlife Service in Washington, 15 miles away? So they always had to throw in a joke in those stories. Mm -hmm. They had since the 1800s or before. It is not a peacock, at least not what is on these tapes. It doesn't sound like a peacock. No. I remember we used to go to that farm where they had music 
playing in the uh, oh yeah yeah and they had peacocks yeah there. i mean it, peacocks can be scary like yeah, it almost can... sounds like a child's scream it's yeah. very disconcerting but it's a different disconcerting than these tapes yeah exactly so i don't think the peacock theory sits maybe it's something else but i, I don't think it's a peacock as they said it's that. interesting that it was a woman i mean we don't know her name but being thelma in the 70s, I assume that she was neither eight years old nor 25. But possibly but, a member of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that she had admitted to seeing something akin to Bigfoot. Well, you will hear Logan in the interview mention Thelma Crisp. And his father actually sat on her rooftop and recorded the sounds that we'll hear. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> so she's actually figures into the interview. Oh, okay. So uh, without... Further ado, let's go ahead and talk to Logan about the Mount Vernon monster and about some strange lights he saw that sound a lot like what we see at Site 7. So it's very, very interesting that he has those encounters as well. Tonight we're talking with Logan, who's got several stories to share with us as well as some really really interesting audio that his father recorded in some decade before was that in the 70s or the 80s logan 79 80 79 and 80 wow so really really interesting audio but you have your own stories as well and let's just jump into them how you doing tonight i'm doing good how are you i'm doing good doing good excited to talk to you yeah so um i'll just start with my dad I first became interested in Bigfoot because of him uh, when I was very young. I went to my family's river house in in Virginia. I'm from Virginia, and we have like four rivers here. So it was just one of those rivers. Uh, I live in the central part of the state. And that was when he decided to tell me and my brother about this audio that he recorded when he was in uh, during the summers of his college and he didn't just tell my brother and I, but he told my mother and basically my whole mom's side of the family just randomly. And, uh, that's when I first became interested in all this and I've been interested in it pretty much ever since what he showed us was, just or he didn't show us anything he let us listen to a recording that he took in 1979 and 1980 i guess and i wish i had asked more questions and my father passed away but i guess over the course of two summers uh during his college breaks uh and this was this took place where he grew up which is mount vernon virginia and mount vernon is the former home of George Washington mm-hmm. and uh, just the subdivision right outside of that and in the woods behind their houses uh, and there's and there's Washington you know there's I, I sent you a Washington Post article and there's definitely multiple accounts from other people I've spoken to one and there's a forum you know with people from that from that time period uh, who who heard this and um it was just a bunch of it was just ran these screams um that came from these this section of woods and uh (laughs) it's there i mean they're the strangest noises i've ever heard 
what everybody was saying was is they thought it was Bigfoot. The game warden even actually came out, couldn't figure out what it was. I remember my dad said um, they brought German Shepherds. Um, if you've ever been around German Shepherds, you know that they're pretty much fearless. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to go in the woods after something if they're trained to do that. And whatever was making the noises in this in these woods had these dogs whimpering and where they would they would not go in. Hmm. And, and there's actually a in the audio that I sent you, uh, there is a just a split second, I think, where you can hear dogs crying, uh, whimpering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just remember that's that he definitely mentioned that a lot. So that stood out to me when I heard it. Another thing that you see in these in, in the uh, Washington Post article and then also elsewhere, especially in the blog or the forum, is a name that keeps popping up. Her name's Thelma Crisp. She was a resident on the street, and I remember my dad mentioning that name, and he, he would say that I guess he was she was just a friendly neighbor, and he would actually she would let him get on top of her house at nighttime to stake this thing out. Cause wow. I guess all these houses were lined up right, right against the woods. Mm-hmm. And when he would do so, this, these, these, these woods were next to a golf course and he would, he would get up there on top of the house. Sometimes he would even bring his girlfriend. He, he said, and, Right before nighttime, or maybe even after nighttime fell, something would start throwing golf balls out of the woods towards the house, and he would find them in the next day in the in the yard. And then when another time, I guess I have to note that when my dad told me all this, I was pretty young. He died in 2012. I'm 27 now, and he didn't talk about it too much during my teenage years. So this was mainly something that he talked about when I was really young. But um, he he told me once that he also – there was a barn in the woods, and I guess an abandoned barn. And he staked out in there one day, and this was during the day, and something threw a giant log at the side of the barn. Mm. And he went outside – and it was just broken in half right there. And he didn't, there was nothing, there was, 
he didn't see anything, um, anything that could have thrown it. And I kept asking him, I remember, because I was super interested, and I just asked him, you know, did you ever see it? Did you ever see it? And he said once. One time he told me, I saw something really big in a trail in that woods, and it moved to the side of the trail, and it was dark. And that was the only thing I ever saw. I mean, other than the, the howls and what people were saying, that's what led him to believe it was Bigfoot that he was dealing with and recording and so forth. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I wish I had, you know, had have asked more detailed sure. questions, but yeah. he definitely thought it was Bigfoot. I don't, and I, I don't have the reason for, you know, what made him finally believe, you know, make that determination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know it was something that he carried with for the rest of his life maybe not tell everybody but something that was in him like he he was constantly thinking about it throughout the end um he was a lawyer and he i know he didn't tell anybody at his you know in his work life because he just wasn't that way but i'll note this too my dad ended his own life um and I think it's important that I note that, especially just because of something I was recently informed of, um, my mom went, he, he was seeing a psychiatrist and he was depressed, obviously. And I don't, I really don't know the details about why, but no one does. What I'm trying to get at is she went to his psychiatrist and just asked him, you know, she was just looking for some clarity and this was seven years ago that he died and she just went this year. And one thing he said was his, whatever experience your husband had with what he thought to be a Bigfoot, you know, back then had a profound effect on his life. And that was within the last month that I was told this, wow. or that she was told this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I'm sorry for your loss. That said, uh, it's not the only time I've heard that or, or something similar, you know, where some sort of encounter with these creatures has just profoundly affected people throughout their life. Now, in what way? You know, I guess it doesn't it doesn't affect everyone the same. But again, it's you know I've heard this before with the, with this profound effect that have. I mean, yeah. In one way, if you think about it, you know, you're told your whole life that there's no such thing as monsters, you know, and then all of a sudden you're confronted with uh, the idea that uh, they very much are and they're real. It can be world shaking, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's definitely <laughs> something up. You know has something to do with it. Um, I knew that uh, the reason I'm, I mean, I'm even saying all of this is because I, I've just had that feeling. I mean, as much, I've been listening to you for about four or five years now. And the more I've listened to it and the more I've just thought about it and things that have happened to me, I've just, there's something in common with everybody that, that, 
experiences this stuff. And I'm not saying it's all dark like what happened to my father, but I think that, you know, it definitely has something in common with some of the experiences people have had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, I'm not explaining it as, be- as best as I want to right now, but it's just something I've, I've always I've been thinking about a lot lately and how I feel like a lot of people who experience this stuff might be there's something going on in their own individual lives that, that, that makes them see this stuff. But then there's also stories that completely contradict what I just said. Right. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's always the case with this stuff. You can make these generalities and then there's always exceptions, but no, I think you're right. It's often people are going through stuff in one way or another, you know, that, that, uh, these things will happen. Like we, we say these liminal times, you know, not liminal spaces as well, you know, but also liminal times where you're in between things or, you know, highly emotional times, highly, uh, uh, times where things are changing a lot, you know? And I mean, college in general is a big one. I think it's that in between, you know, you're, you're, you haven't really entered your, your adult life yet. And then you're dealing with, you know, you're becoming who you're going to be, I suppose. And then, uh, to add that in there, you know, would be, would be something, uh, pretty heavy, I would think. Yeah. Did you get the impression that uh, your father was a just a full-on believer from these experiences? That he he definitely believed in these creatures. Yes. Mm-hmm. Since he's died, and the more that I've looked into it myself, the more I believe that he. I don't. And, and this is hard for me to say because no one has a total grasp on what this is. Obviously, so I. I all I'm trying to say is. I think he was more of the t- at the time a flesh and blood type, you know, full believer, like trying to figure out how a how a real physical ape was mm-hmm. living in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. and that was just bewildering to him. I mean, I, he probably couldn't get over that fact that he actually thought that. Right. So, um, uh, I think if he, you know, if he had have been given the information. Um, that I've just come on to in the past five years of just kind of opening up to something else. He, he might've dealt with it easier, easier. And, and I could be completely wrong again. Like right. he, he oh, might've, yeah. Yeah. he might've been thinking that all along and just didn't want to admit it. Uh, I just have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You wonder because I, you know, and I, I've said this, I think, I think starting thinking it's some sort of natural undiscovered creature or, or relic hominid or, you know, something natural out there is the logical place to start. And especially if you're looking into it in the time he was, you know, pre-internet and so forth. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do other than start there? I mean, I think, you know, that's, that's absolutely the logical place to start. And I think it's where most people start it's the the sort of dissonance trying to make that work especially on the east coast trying to make that work of a natural creature that you know eventually led to me just going ah, i can't anymore i can't think of it that way anymore and i could be wrong i'll still allow that you know maybe maybe some way it is i don't know but for me to make it work at all in my head i just had to sort of leave that idea behind uh almost entirely i'll leave a you know a small possibility of there being some sort of natural creature out there but very very small at this point it's uh, it, on the East Coast anyway. Like I said, I I just don't think breeding populations can exist. 
Um, I definitely just seem to agree just based just based on just I mean look at Northern Virginia. I mean it's just out of anywhere I wouldn't think there'd be a Bigfoot there. Right. But right. Even in nineteen seventy nine, I mean it's not as blunt it wasn't as blown up as it was now, but it was still very populous. I'm trying to think of any other details he mentioned I did mention in the email that uh, he was, I remember him saying multiple times and just really making a point out of that he was certain there were more than one um, and that you, and that he would, he would point out to us like where in the audio where he thought that it was one calling back to another one. Uh, um, and I, yeah, there, there, I mean, I got that impression just listening as well. And just for the listeners, I'll be playing a couple of clips as we're talking about it here. But at the end of the interview with Logan, I'll just go ahead and play all the audio he sent me in uh, in different clips. But yeah, but yeah, I there, myself there, have not been able to pinpoint that. But that's just uh, me. Yeah, well, it just it, it just listen to it. Just seemed like oh, that that seemed like maybe an answer. There, another really interesting thing that I noticed in a few of the clips is whatever howls or growls or, or roars, you can hear the whole woods quiet down afterwards. So you have this sort of base level noise of, you know, night insects and so forth. And then the howl or growl happens. And then it's almost like somebody takes a fader and pulls it down. You know, just yeah. the background noise just gets quiet. Like everything just went, whoa. <laughs> And then uh, it'll gradually build up again. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I never noticed that, um, but I'm sure. I mean, I was just that's just me not picking up on things. But when he died, I, I, or I really started looking into this specific, in, you know, fate, you know, series of events, and it all started on that blog or forum, um, and I just started contacting people. I found uh, someone who had blogged about it, and then I I also found one of the other people who were there during the time and also got their own recording, and he sent me his recording, and it's the same noise. Oh, wow. uh, so that's something weird. Like, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, it, it completely contradicts my whole thought process of this being an individual thing and it comes back to this, you know, several people heard this and they both got recordings of it. So I just, I, mean, I don't know. There's, there's rumors of, there's lots of different rumors of teenagers uh, going back in the woods and playing some kind of stereo to other, other rumors that I just can't remember right now. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, I just thought it was interesting to hear a duplicate. I mean, it wasn't a duplicate, but it was the same noise right. as somebody else's recorder. The guy blogger that I talked with, he looked into it for a long time and he never found out anything more than I'm talking about right now. And that's pretty much all I know about the Mount Vernon monster. Oh, but it's very, very interesting though. And I just love found audio like that well not found but the on-site audio obviously from my own explorations people know that but to uh be given 
this audio from you know like you said 1979 and 1980 is uh super super exciting for me super special so um i'll play the clips at the end of the interview and i'll thank you for sharing that and for sharing your father's stories really really cool yeah definitely so but you have your own stories as well i do i do and it all started from me looking into the Mount Vernon monster. Um, and I mean, that's just when the time started Interesting. when he, I was a sophomore in college when he died. I went to school in West Virginia and I just started looking into it then, but not super hardcore. Like I did when I got back from college, mm-hmm. I graduated from college and came back here and I moved into my parents' house with my mother and, uh, it's out in the country. It's sort of like when you uh, when you describe your site seven, this reminds me of site eight. It's a community. I mean, there's probably t- uh, 30 10 acre lots in this community. So it's just fields and woods. Mm-hmm. But there's houses. But I've just seen so many weird things since I graduated from college. So it all started. We like lived on a lake. And I still live here. I don't live at my parents' house. My friend bought a house in the same area. I'm literally like less than a mile away. But I grew up on a lake. And uh, one day we were, I was out on the lake. We had a boat, a pontoon boat. And it wasn't like a ginormous lake. It was just, it was, it was really a big pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my friends were out there. And we saw this light this ball of light just start coming over the lake. Uh, and it was making no sound. It was low enough to where you could see the reflection on the lake and right at the tree level and, uh, oak trees. And my friends are like, Logan, what is that? And I'm like, I have no idea. You know, I, what is that? And they just keep kind of asking me, Logan, what is that? They're like, what is that? And I, you know, I'm just as stumped as you are. And it just passes over the lake. And that was it. That started everything, though. Uh, Before you move on, how big was it, roughly? The size of a softball. Oh, okay, so not super big. And did it have any color? Like a bluish. I wouldn't say all the way blue, like more like in the middle of LED and blue. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I know exactly that kind of color is what, what you're speaking of. I describe it, yeah, that kind of blue-white <laughs> LED color. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, that... so this moved across, like uh, over the surface of the lake. Yes. Uh, so like the lake is surrounded by an oak forest and um, – Oaks. I mean, you. You. I mean, you're from Pennsylvania. They're probably the same height up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was right above the tree line. And how quickly did it move? Honestly, if you had a drone, it would probably be about the same speed. I mean, it was. It wasn't really fast, but it was wasn't like lagging along either. It was mm-hmm. constantly going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, but that's very interesting. The, that's the first one. I mean. So ever since then, probably to two years ago, so I graduated from college five years ago. So the first first three years, uh, I started seeing that light, but in 
a ton of different, not like I had seen it with them. Like one example is I was cutting the grass, got off the tractor and it was in the field across the road. Like it looked like someone was walking towards the edge of the field with a headlamp on. And I was like, you know, who's over there in the field. It's kind of weird. And the more I watched it, the more I realized that's not a person. That's just a light. Mm-hmm. And it made these weird little wobbling movements that just didn't make any sense uh, as to what it could be. I, I remember running inside and watching it from inside the house, like from a window. And I, I had told my neighbor that uh, I had been seeing these weird lights and my neighbor, uh, I grew up with you know, hanging out with his son, and his son's gone now, uh, working out of, you know, out of state. But I still know his dad, and um, I told him about it, and he said, you know, next time you see one, call me. So I called him, and I'm sitting in my living room looking at this thing from my window, and I'm like, it's it's here. Like, just walk down the road because we're right next door, and. Uh, he starts walking down the road and this thing just disappears. Oh. Just light goes out. So I go up to meet him. I'm like, it's gone. It, it disappeared. And he's like, all right, well, let's just sit here for a little while and see if it comes back. And we did. And it did like this weird, fl- like when he was looking one way, it did this weird flash and he saw it out of the corner of his eye. I was like, did you see that? Uh, and he was like, I saw something in the corner of my eye. I didn't see it directly though. And I was like, uh, you know, at this point I'm just getting frustrated. Like what in the heck? Mm-hmm. So we start walking back to his house, like in his dirt. And when we get to his driveway and this is not a long distance, probably not even a hundred meters. And we get into his driveway and we look up into this field where I saw it. And now I said, look, it's, it's up in the sky, like ab- above the field now, like back at, now it's back at like the, the tree height that it was over the lake. And it's just hovering above this field. And I'm like, do you see that? Like, that's not a plane. It's doesn't, I mean, I've never seen a drone that just hovers in, and and this was like constantly rising in, in the atmosphere. I mean, it was just going up very slowly. He's like, I'm going to go get my binoculars. So he goes back inside and this is the weirdest, probably the weirdest story I have for you. So when he goes back inside, this field is a very big field. It's, it's like, I want to say 15 acres and, uh, probably 10 acres. I'm probably hyping that up, but it's a big field and it's just filled with brush. Uh, it's not cut. It's just, just filled with thickets. Mm-hmm. And when he's physically inside of his house, I hear and see a truck turn on in the middle of the field. Like, and to this day, I can't remember if I heard the ignition turn or not, but all I know is, I was all of a sudden looking at a black truck in the middle of the field and it was, it had several antennas. It was just black, 
black is dark you know what they whatever they say like it was the it was the blackest truck i've ever seen <laughs> and uh it just booked it i mean absolutely hightailed it out of there like it had just been seen doing something that shouldn't have been doing and by the time it's gone he comes back outside and this thing in the air has gotten really high up in the air and it's still going up. So I'm thinking if this was a drone that these people were out here, you know, playing with, you know, it's still in the air. (laughs) Right. And I, I told him about it and he's like, there's a truck out here. And like, it just didn't make any sense. Cause there's this, I mean, just this field is so thick. It'd be hard to get a truck back there. I mean, if, it wouldn't be hard, but it would definitely tear your truck up. Mm-hmm. So he start. He has the binoculars, and he's looking at this thing. And at this point, we can't even tell where it is anymore. And like, it's like, it's like it either blended in with the stars at this point, or it just disappeared again. And as he's looking up into the sky with the binoculars, I see what looks to be a shooting star come directly down into the field that we were standing by. Oh, wow. And right before it, like, hit the ground, it, like, it, it looked as if it just dissolved, like, as as in it didn't look like it hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, five feet from the ground. It scared me so bad that I jerked him as he was looking with the binoculars, and I was like, did you see that? Like, and, and he's like, I didn't see it, but I believe you. I mean, you're acting, I mean, the way you're acting tells me that you saw something right so that's that well now okay what time of year just out of curiosity um probably fall i think it was like october so leaves on the tree still or not halfway halfway boy i mean when you tell me he's out there looking for it and he only saw it flash i immediately thought of taking soraya to site seven that's exactly i'm you know i take him up there and they would kind of flash on and I'm like, did you see it? You know, he's like, yeah, I saw it, but I, you know, I don't know what it was. I'm like, well, that's, you know, yeah. Uh, very, very strange. D- the truck, d- I mean, is it like a pickup truck or four wheel drive or did, could, could you make it out in any detail? I mean, this looked like a, like a sh- super duty pickup truck, mm-hmm. like a big pickup truck. Uh, did, with, you, it, did you happen to go out during the day and look for tracks or, or a place where it had pulled out or anything? Yes, and uh, I saw what could have been tracks. There is a greenhouse back there that you know, their people do own that land. So I can't rule out that that there was a truck back there. I, I even went to the parking lot the, the next like week to see if I could see a black truck like that, and I didn't. Hmm. And it, it was just the. And the way that this thing tore out of there, I would have seen tracks that were way more in, I guess, in depth than the ones that I saw. Mm. The ones that I saw looked older than what I was expecting, but I, I could also be wrong about that. Right, right. And you say it really kind of tore out of there. Yeah, the the way that it tore out of there is what surprised surprised me the most. Like it was, it was just out. Yeah, as that's... soon as he as soon as he closed the door to his front door. Oh wow, <laughs> wow! Oh man, that's strange. And the and I even brought all this up to the guy who 
blogged about the Mount Vernon monster because I had just been in communication with him for a while and I was telling him all this stuff that I had been seeing. And he told me, you know, people have reported seeing, I mean, sort of like, I guess what he was saying was like a men in black encounter where he was asking me when the truck rounded the corner, you know, did you go and see to see if you could still see it? Because that's one thing he said, like people have seen is they would see like a, a a strange vehicle and like if it rounded a corner it wouldn't be there if they like went over to check mm. but i i didn't do that but like the area that i was in i would have been able to see you know even if it rounded a corner i would have been able to see the lights so i i just didn't it's one of those things where it's like blurry it's almost like it rounded the corner and i just stopped paying attention right yeah, the the timing is really odd, really really strange. Did you happen to um, ever see the light again with this same neighbor? Like, was he ever ever able to get a better look at it? No, and we've never spoken about it ever since. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, and like we we've spoken plenty of times since. Like, he's a very close guy to my family, and we've just never talked about that. Like, we just that night, like. He was like, I'm going, all right, I'm I'm going inside. And I was like, all right, I'm going home. And, like, and it was just very casual. Right, right. But almost too casual. <laughs> <laughs> well, like often, you know, it's one of the things I say, you wonder if, like, it wasn't for him. Whatever was going on there, you know, maybe wasn't necessarily for him. Um, yeah. Who knows? Before we get back to our interview with Logan, I want to thank Sloom.com once more. Sloom.com manufactures Merino base layers. Their Raven series of base layers, super soft, super comfortable, super warm. Their socks, which I believe you've been wearing every day. Yes. Sloom socks. (laughs) They make sweaters as well. They make those wonderful scarves they sent us. And what I forgot to mention last week, the beanie they sent me which oh. is awesome. It's warm. It's super comfortable. It's the most comfortable beanie I've ever had. And it fits over my long hair, which most beanies do not do. So I'm very happy. <laughs> it must be made for people with long hair. I don't know if they make... Mm-hmm. It's from the Wizard series or, or, <laughs> or not, but I absolutely love that beanie. It's by far my favorite beanie I've ever owned. Sloom.com also has a large assortment of wellness products. We talked about the incense they sent. They have got some... CBD stuff as well. Check them out. Sloom.com. That's S-L-O-O-M-B.com. If you enter the code Strange Familiars, all one word, you will get 10% off. And thanks, Sloom.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
If you would like to help us continue to make Strange Familiars, the best way to do so is to become a patron at Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. For $3 a month, you can get extra shows. We'll be releasing our next patron show in early March. It's going to be a continuation of sorts of this show in which we'll be reading some more articles about wild men and so forth from Virginia. And then we'll be doing an Ask Me Anything as part of that as well. We've got a lot of neat questions coming up. We do full extra episodes of Strange Familiars for our patrons every month. $3 a month gets you that, but there's other levels of support as well. If you want to get things like t-shirts or copies of my books, CDs, and more, go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars and check everything out there. While we're talking about our patrons, we want to thank them. Thank you so much, patrons. Your support makes Strange Familiars possible. Absolutely. If you want to help us and you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription like Patreon, you can go to strangefamiliars.com and look in the show notes under any episode. You will see a paypal.me link where you can make a one-time donation to help us out. This also includes socks because that was like a big hit. (laughs) (laughs) Socks and chocolate? Yeah. Everyone can help us by sharing the show on social media, by liking and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts. Here we go. (laughs) Himalaya, Podbean, whatever podcatcher you use, like and subscribe and leave us those nice five-star reviews because that helps get the show in front of new potential listeners. And now let's get back to our interview with Logan. So do all your stories center around the same area, the same locale, basically? Yes. Oh, cool. Every single one except for one. And that was when I was a very young boy. And that's just, you know, something that I threw in here, uh, just some strange encounters. And it wasn't like it was very far away. It was at my church, which is right down the road. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save, like, that encounter for, like, the end because it's unrelated to these orb things. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to get these orbs out of the way. Like, that's what's been the majority of my encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So one one time when I, like, had seen this thing i I i've been seeing this thing for a long time now and i've been seeing multiple at a time um sometimes they would be up in the sky sometimes they would be down at human walking level Mm -hmm. and um i'm agreeing with you and i i don't know if what we're seeing is the same thing but i'm imagining as you're describing this it's you know, seems very much like what we're seeing at site seven so again having not seen what you saw i don't know if they're the same thing but uh they certainly sound very similar. But anyway, continue. Sorry. No, you're fine. So when I, like, I'd been, you know, listening to podcasts and, you know, doing research, and I had gotten really into this stuff, sort of like everybody says, and I had gotten real deep uh, just in just in, in terms of being obsessed with learning about it. And uh, I remember saying to myself, like, you know, you know. I think I think maybe there was like a week where I hadn't seen these things for a while, 
um, and it was like the first week and I was like, maybe, maybe I'm not going to see these things anymore. And maybe I can just, you know, maybe this is really all in my head and maybe I can just, uh, you know, ignore them. Mm-hmm. And I said that to myself as I was like, I had just pulled into my driveway and I was parked on my, in my driveway and my driveway overlooked this lake. And, you know, I had looked across the lake before I like started thinking this, like the fact that I hadn't seen anything right then and there made me kind of say this to myself. And as soon as I said that, I looked back up and there's an orange one, like right smack dab in the lake, like right in the middle of the lake, right in front of me. Uh, I mean, when I say right in front of me, still probably a hundred meters away, but just dead center. I didn't have to look to my left or right. And this one gave me just this bad feeling. Like, it all, it just gave me the feeling of like, yeah, we can hear what you're thinking. Mm. Like, sort of like, Mm -hmm. that's what it gave. I mean, that's just the feeling it gave me. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't hear that in my head. Didn't get any, uh, message other than just this reaction in my body just telling me that this was creepy Mm -hmm. and at that same time this is weird too um and this has only happened once as as this orange orb appeared over in the woods like across my lake i saw what looked like something the color of fire like it had the color of fire and it it literally looked like a man walking through the woods, like running through the woods. Um, like if you were to take pictures, like like he was moving like on still shots. Like that's how it looked like he was moving. And, uh, and it looked like he was made out of fire. <laughs> wow. And I have no idea... You know, I've never heard of anything like that, never. And maybe I was looking at something that I just couldn't make out. I mean, it is looking across a lake, but this there's nothing across this lake. And, and it just, the way this thing was moving in the woods, right on the banks, uh, just, just was odd. And obviously the fact that it was the color of fire. Did it have a glow to it, like fire? Yes. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Yeah, never seen that before or after. So, I actually wrote about this on Reddit when I first started seeing this stuff, and I in on Reddit I even I just you know I disclosed my county because I really wanted to know if someone in the area had been seeing the stuff. I mean, I live in Central Virginia, and. I don't know. I just hadn't, I hadn't heard of many, you know, stories from this area. So I just decided to disclose my County and see if anybody said anything. And with on the same day, uh, a woman responded saying she was in the same County and had seen the same things and that she had a really cool video for me to see. And this isn't like me. I don't really just, you know, get online and say, you know, let's hang out. But I, I said, come on over. I want to meet you. And uh, so she did. And she showed me this video of what looked like an orb, I guess. Except in this video, it was like 
changing shapes and doing all this crazy i mean it looked like a disco ball to be honest like Mm -hmm. but even crazier than a disco ball but what i'm trying to get at is while she was over because her purpose of coming over was to see what i was talking about so i said all right we're going to go out on this boat and and as soon as it gets dark we're going to start seeing all these lights and we did the weirdest thing is while she was there i've never seen as many lights as i had hmm. uh, her being there and i've come to think of this afterwards but i really do think her being there and me both her and i having seen these things before i guess made it more prevalent i mean i I, I really i know as crazy as it sounds i know exactly what you're talking about that's what happened when chad and i went to site seven it was unbelievable the difference that when soraya and i were there for instance i don't know why you know i have no clue why but it seemed like with Chad and I there, it just got more intense and, and weirder. Yeah, that's definitely how it felt. And that's the only time that's ever happened to me because I've never met anybody else who has seen these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, before she left, like we were on the road. Uh, like We just decided to walk down my road because it's a, it's a pretty rural road and we might see something. And we we thought what we saw was the road lighting up, and there were no, there was no car coming. Mm-hmm. But like right around the bend, it looked like something was coming, and that's when she was like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> like this is freaky, and it was. The place where she took her video that she showed you was a a different area of the county though than than this lake. Yes. Yeah, she had seen something similar, but somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, definitely the the other end of the county, and it wasn't as rural. Mm-hmm. It was more subdivision. Huh. Yep. Another really strange thing I've seen uh, outside of the orbs, but somehow I think is related. One morning I woke up. Uh, I'm a report. I've been a reporter for like the past four years, and I wake up early some mornings really early just to get work done in the morning. And I woke up at like five o'clock and I walked outside my back door and this back porch looks at the lake. And I'm, I, I just decided to look at the lake. I mean, not really uncommon of me. And I look across the lake and in these woods just this light like i mean it looks almost as if someone dragged the spotlight out into the woods flipped it upwards turned it on and i was just looking at it like this is right in front of me and i I better look at it until it goes away because this is is not normal and um it within like 10 seconds it just turned off that was it. No noise, just this ginormous LED-looking spotlight just protruding out of the woods. <laughs> that was uh, that was. I've never felt more like amazed than that one. Like I, I was just like, "What?" There's no. Like, I had no answer for it. I mean, it was just right. so big, so big, 
and it was right there in front of my face. And I just couldn't, I was just, I, I knew that I was the only one awake looking at this thing. And it just, just turned off like it was nothing. Wow. Yeah. Very, very strange stuff, but it's, it's not dissimilar to, to stuff I've seen, honestly. I haven't seen that specifically, but I saw, I don't know if you heard the last Site 7 show we did, it looked like people almost juggling flashlights in the woods with just the beams like flipping around like that. It's very, very strange stuff. Yeah, it's just really strange. Uh, I sent you a video of the quartz mine. Uh, that's in these same woods that I'm talking about right now. So there's a about two miles back, there's just this random hole, and there's just piles of quartz everywhere. And, I mean, this looks like it was dug in the 1800s that's how old mm-hmm. and I, I got nothing for it i mean i've just I, i've heard that you know there's theories out there that's that maybe the minerals could have something to do with it so i'm just pointing that out but there is just this random quartz mine around here yeah no i find that very interesting just because the the area of site seven there's tons of quartz in the ground so during this time period i've never seen bigfoot but all right, so I'm gonna rewind this a little bit back to probably a year after my father died. So I was probably a junior in college, and my friend came home with me. And this is before I had ever seen these orbs. And we just were hanging out at my house one day, and then there was just cool stuff over across this lake. I mean, it was just a giant, you know, plot of woods. So we were. Just go. I mean, we. We're, this is something we enjoy to do: is walk through the woods. And um, I took him over there. Well, also because there's this, there's this, this strange field over there, and I, I told him I was going to show him this field because there's this, there's literally a door in the middle of this field. Just a door. You can open it. You can walk through it. You can close it. Wow. Um, it's very strange, and uh, that was the reason for me for me taking him over there. And we saw that, and we I mean, just kept walking, and we came up to an abandoned shed. And like I said, I've never seen Bigfoot, and I didn't even think of you know possibly being Bigfoot until further listening and research. But we got when we were coming up on this shed. We both just, I started hearing this growl and we both just, I mean, it was just not a, just not a normal growl. Uh, we just both started looking at each other and like confusion and like, we were like, you know, what is that? And not really knowing what to say because we just were so confused. I mean, this, I'm going to say like everybody else says, I mean, it literally, I could feel it in my body. And it appeared to be coming out of the shed. Though I, that was just our best guess. It, I mean, it just had us so frightened and confused with him. And, and it was all a split-second moment. I mean, within seconds, we were just walking away, walking back. And we were out of there. I mean, just walking the other way. Mm-hmm. And, and we never really talked about it. And, and that's another thing that gets me. Like, we talked about it like two years later. Like, I was like, remember that time we got growled at? And like my friend 
to this day, still is like, yeah, we got growled out by a tiger. A like, tiger. <laughs> like he's joking, but right, like right. that's what it that's what it sounded like. So that was the only kind of Bigfoot possible experience I've had. I really don't know what to make of it, but it was definitely strange. And I, you know, I've grown up in this area, never heard anything like that before. I've, I hunt, never heard anything like that. Another possible Bigfoot type experience was in the middle of me seeing all of these orb things. And so this is probably three years, two to three years after I graduated. And, um, I had even gotten to the point where I was telling my mom, like, you got to see these things. I mean, they're all over the backyard basically. And, um, she, that, that's another thing that really, uh, got to me just in, in my head. Like she didn't seem to see these things. And I mean, she saw them, but she was like, I was like, mom, do you, do you see it moving? And, it's like she was in a daze. Like, I mean, she was looking at it. She was noticing what I was seeing, but she it wasn't clicking the way it was clicking with me. If that makes any sense, it, it does. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but I've heard it before. Let me say that. <laughs> Anyways, this is this is during like a time period where I was telling her about it, and for some reason she was on the porch. I mean, I wasn't like in this split second telling her about it. But she was on the back porch, and I was then on our dock. And we, I just all of a sudden heard like what everybody says is the like the chimp monkey sounds chatter mm-hmm. across the lake. It sounded like there were two armies of monkeys, like just screaming at each other from each side of these woods. And I was like, I mean, we like I let the noise go on, and it ended with after about 10 seconds and I was just like sitting on the dock, like what in the heck was that? And my mom, I like, I I yell it up. I was like, mom, she was like, what was that? And I was like, I have no idea. And that's, she heard that. And I, we had definitely never heard that one before. Um, but that's all I've never heard it again either. Hmm. So I just wanted to note that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I've pretty much gone through all of the orb stories. Have you ever seen them change color? I have. When I'm thinking about it, I don't think I've seen them change color like all in one, if that makes sense. I've seen them disappear one color and reappear different color. Reappear another color. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the ones I've seen when, when they change, except when that uh, Jarrah was hitting them with the laser, they were they would change pretty immediately when he hit him with the laser. And I don't know whether to advise you to do that or not. Honestly, I don't know if that's a good idea what we were doing, but, uh, but they would change immediately to red when he'd hit him with the laser. But otherwise when I've seen him change, it's been a, it's been very gradual, not like Christmas lights. They didn't blink, you know, one color and then blink another color. They would just kind of almost morph into a different color. But uh, I'm very, very interested in, in this. So do you see them all times of the year? I did. Mm-hmm. I will say. I will also say that I haven't seen them in like a year. You haven't. Oh, see, that's interesting too. That's interesting. Well, we had a what we felt was a dead period with Site Seven, and then uh, seems like they're back uh, with with a vengeance now. So I don't know. 
if that's the thing or not. And I know, honestly, the same time that we had our dead period, the fellow that was on from Texas who had seen lights down there that similar, he said he wasn't getting anything during that during our, the down period too down there. And then all of a sudden, uh, he said he started getting activity again as well. That's so strange. Yeah. If you yeah. start seeing these again, would you be open to a uh, visit from Chad and I? Uh, definitely. You know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be living in, in this exact area, though. Mm-hmm. Well, just keep it posted, and if if you happen to start seeing them again, maybe we can uh, run down there sometime. Because I know we're very, very interested in this now, especially now that Chad's seen them. I think he's super interested. And there's just no, yeah, there's the whole like the reason I started out with saying the whole thing about individuals and like how this, but like because like I grew up here, you know, I never, I, ne- I don't remember seen these things growing up mm-hmm. and it, it it all happened after my dad died and like i just don't understand it um in that sense because because the way i was seeing these things once i started seeing them it was so every day mm-hmm. and it was so just like obvious and, like i didn't understand there was a point where i just didn't understand how no one else was seeing them yeah uh, yeah, well, we. So that's just one thing that confuses me. That's what we've when we've gone to this area, and like like I said, it's you know, there are houses around the site seven, and we've said that several times. To like, do these people not ever look out the window? Do they just never know? And it, it could honestly be that it could just be they've never spent the time to look at. It. I don't know, but uh, it's at times, at least, at least when I was there with Chad recently, and when I was there the, the first time I saw him with Jr., they were so obvious. It's like, what is going on with these things? Like, and why aren't people, you know, more people noticing them? Yeah, that's definitely a thought that I got. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got two other little just stories that I'd like to tell you if it's all sure. right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually three, if you want to, because uh, the reason, the, the whole reason I even emailed you in the beginning was because I was living with this guy uh, who just kind of, li- I'm living in my friend's house, but. Uh, random you know he had random people renting it out at, at times and um this guy was living here and he was younger than me so probably 24 i'm 27 and and he was telling me about how he has been and i wasn't very fond of this guy i'll just say that but i was listening to him when he was telling me this and he said um that he has been followed by this entity for for a long time, ever since he was a kid, and and one one story that he told me was when he was very young, he was in his treehouse at his grandfather's house, and um, he had seen this thing before. But this particular story, he was in his treehouse, and it it's like one of those treehouses that have a little uh, trap door in the middle, so you can see down. And he could, he was laying down in it and he could see this old man walking around his treehouse, like that sort of just came out of the woods and he was just walking around his treehouse and he started calling his dad or his grandfather saying, there's a creepy guy out here. And, uh, grandfather came out and there was nobody there. And I said, do you remember what this guy was wearing by chance? And he said, green flannel. Hmm. And he said he's seen him multiple times since. I didn't know how to 
handle this guy. He just he just wasn't my type of person. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I do believe, you know, what he was saying. He, there was a lot of truth to what he was saying, and he was actually scared. So I, I really don't know. And and when he said flannel, you know, I was just tripping out because right. of all the shows I've listened to from you. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. And he said he saw this guy multiple times in his life. Yes. And right now we live like I live in the house that was built in 1850. It's like the original farmhouse of the community because the community that I grew up in used to be a farm. And this was like the original farmhouse. Mm -hmm. And he said that he saw entities here when he was living here. Like, and what he described to me was like original family owners. This is Virginia. There was slavery. And he said he saw a slave. And I have never seen anything like that here. But... You know, maybe I don't have, maybe certain people see certain thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe the orbs are for you and the other things are for him. Yeah. So, uh, that's that story. So when I was like, I'm going to start from when I was super young, I'm in probably under 10 and I was very scared of the dark, just terrified of the dark. I mean, I remember, you know, just crying in my room, like thinking something was there and one night I was cr- just doing this. I was crying and I didn't want to go wake up my parents. So I was just crying. And I remember opening my eyes and I swear I'm not like, I am not a, I grew up going to a Baptist church, but I'm not, I'm really not the, the most religious person you've ever met. So when I say this, I don't know how to describe it, but uh, it appeared to be an angel. I didn't see wings or anything, but it just, it gave me the sense that this was an angel. It was a woman. She was glowing white. And I remember that very distinctly. It was glowing white. And she was standing right next to my bed, like right next to my, like right face. And I instantly felt so secure and um, went right to sleep. Interesting. I, I I remember to this day, like going from just instant from pure fear of nothing really to just complete se- security. Mm-hmm. About how old were you? Very young, probably six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, I mean, anywhere from five to seven. Did it kind of help calm your your fear of the dark going forward, or just just that time? It's a good question. I really don't know. Mm. Uh, I have a feeling that I was still scared of the dark after that, but that's a really good question. That's really interesting, though, that it's so vivid in your memory. And yeah, and it, it, to this day, it is like just like the feeling that I got of of being so scared and and, and going into just complete not scared anymore. And like being able to go to sleep, like that, like that's what it felt like. Like I was safe to go to sleep. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, hey, I like when we get some of these positive ones here and there. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> get enough of the scary ones. You know. I yeah. Like, I like hearing that uh, people have some nice and positive ones. I know because I, I looked up Lady in White, and that's that 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 really isn't what I experienced. Even though this definitely was a lady, and she was surrounded by a white light. Mm-hmm. 
the next one. All right, so this one uh, took place in my church. Uh, and th this church is probably 10 minutes away from my house. And it's a big church, uh, just a big church for the area. And I would go to Sunday. I was still young, probably around the same age, honestly. And, but a little bit older, I think. And I, my brother had this friend that, um, passed away passed away very young we were all very good friends uh, we would go over to his house and play in his treehouse and he had a younger brother that was closer to my age who who's still around but this my brother's friend passed away to some rare disease i don't even know the name of it but he was probably in third grade so they all went to our church too. And, uh, there's like a courtyard at my church that was created for this boy and they created a little stone and they put his ashes in there. Um, and there was this church had two stories to it. And during Sunday school one day, I remember going to the bathroom and it was almost like a school. It was so big. Like, you know, if you go to the bathroom, you have to leave the classroom and go down the hall. So I was in the, you know, in the bathroom and this stall had a window to it and the window overlooked this courtyard. Uh, and I was going to the bathroom and I don't know why I, I remember looking out the window and, and thinking and feeling sad because I knew what I was looking at. I knew that that was my brother's friend's courtyard. So basically I just decided to look through the crack of the stall door. And this, in this church is, a, like I said, a very big church. And it was so big that like there was so many people in it that if you were to open this door to the bathroom, you hear that you hear what's going on outside it's it's basically it was basically very impossible to not open that door without at least hearing it open. I mean, I guess it's possible, but I looked through the crack of the stall door and there's this boy standing right in the crack of the stall door on the other side, staring right back at me. And um, it looks exactly like my brother's friend. Oh, wow. And I, but I didn't think that at the time. I, I just thought like, oh gosh, someone's waiting to go. So I, you know, got my things together and opened the door to let this kid in, and there was nobody there. Wow. And I remember that one to this day. Like it was like, it's one of those things that just like never leaves me. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's one of the ones that gives you a chill just to, to hear it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you didn't hear anybody leave the bathroom then either? No, never heard anyone enter or leave. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying that since I was like 10. Hmm. But yeah, man, that's that's all the stories I have. Well, Logan, thanks so much for sharing your stories and for uh, sharing your father's story in his audio as well. Yeah, I'm excited to hear anything that you, you picked up on that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um I cleaned them up a little bit, but you know, there's only so much you can do with the recordings that are that old, but it's definitely interesting stuff on there for sure. Yeah. And I'm definitely interested in hearing if anybody else comes forward, uh, 
because this Mount Vernon monster thing, there's a lot of people that were interested in it. So I'm just, I'm looking to see if maybe someone else has anything else to say about it. Absolutely. Well, I'll keep you posted if so. And let us know if you see those orbs again. Will do. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget, our next patron episode will be a continuation of sorts of this episode, where we will dive into some wild man reports that I have gathered from Virginia, some old newspaper articles and stuff. We'll be reading those and then doing and Ask Me Anything as well. Lots of neat questions came in for us that we will be answering there as well. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars to sign up and get those bonus episodes and now it's time for Photo of the Week. <laughs> I feel like there should be a theme music involved. <laughs> in my mind, I'm inserting the sound of the guy going up the mountain on the prices, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> the, there was a theme with him, yes. Yeah, it was sort of like a vague Alps kind of scaling song mixed with some yodeling. <laughs> there was yodeling. There yeah. was yodeling involved. So this week's photo is a stereo view. So it's like two photos in one. Now, for those who don't know what stereo views are, can you explain it? It's the most fun you can have in about 1900. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically like, I don't know if you remember the big 3D craze of the 80s where you would get red and blue sunglasses. Sure, that they would play 3D movies. Every now and then on TV, you had to adjust your TV a certain way Uh in order to see it in 3D. I believe we might still, at my parents' house have some of those glasses because they were always kept in the same container in case <laughs> a new movie came up. And then uh, they, in the, I guess the 80s maybe, or maybe very early 90s, they were releasing 3D comic books as well where you, you could wear the 3D glasses and read the comic books in 3D. Wow. Which always seemed like a recipe for a headache. To, yeah. Like those uh, magic eye things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always gave me a headache. And I could never make them work. I know you could. You made them yeah. work. I just could not make them work. They just looked like chaos to me. And they give me a headache trying. But anyway, stereo view. Well, so basically it's a double image that when you look through it, through a, a stereo viewer, which you probably don't have on hand, nor do I even have on hand, um, it'll, it becomes a three-dimensional image. Now, they took these with special cameras, ideally, mm-hmm. with two lenses that were like three inches apart, like like eyeballs, right? Some of them, yeah. Mm -hmm. By this time, by the era that we're talking about here, I believe so. It's very interesting because you were talking with someone about stereo views this weekend. We Mm -hmm. were in an antique store and someone struck up a conversation about you. And I heard you talking with him about daguerreotype stereo views. Mm -hmm. So they realized this early on that they could make this 3D effect. Yeah, I think because so much of it is part of like the early like camera obscura, Mm -hmm. like they're... They're really building on their knowledge of photography from some of those really early processes. It's really, really interesting. Re- really, really interesting. So stereo views are cards with photos printed on them, but they're two photos side by side. This one is pretty neat, and it's on theme for Strange Familiars. It is. Telling fortunes by tea leaves. So it's some ladies getting together to... To tell their fortunes. Yeah. Would you say by their dress, estimating... This is 1800s? Yes, I would say late 1800s. 
There's a bit of a puffed sleeve here. Oh, yes. I hear they're all the rage <laughs> yes. back then. And now, too. Yes. Yes. Puff sleeves are, are a thing again. <laughs> not for wizards. No, not for wizards. No, Only no. for um, goop employees <laughs> and um, children. So uh, a neat little photo of a gathering of tea leaf drinkers. Stereo view. It's the first stereo view I think we've offered. Uh -huh. But so, yeah, like you said, it's, it's two for the price of one <laughs> yeah. in a way. But no, I, I've uh, recently come to really like stereo views. For a while, I was kind of... They were kind of like the redheaded stepchild of, of old photographs. Like yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to deal with stereo views. Uh -uh. But here lately, I've, I've really come to love them. I'm really into stereo views now. So I've been collecting stereo... Well, on theme, not yeah. just any stereo view. There's a million of them. Yeah, you don't need like random mountain in the Midwest, which is a really popular theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of landscapes. Like, yeah. Like that's, I'm, I'm into figural ones. I want yeah. the people. People have to be interesting. In them. And this one is certainly interesting. It's a group of ladies uh, telling fortunes. So we'll put this up in the show notes and in our Etsy store, and we'll say fifteen dollars and that postage. Seems fair. Fifteen dollars plus postage for the Telling Fortunes by Tea Leaves stereo view. Go ahead and check it out at strangefamiliars.com. And again, there's a link to our Etsy store there. Shop name Lost Grave. But uh, you can click on the image. I think it takes you right to the Etsy shop if you want to purchase it. And if you look in the photo of the week section there in our Etsy store, you can see some of the photos from previous weeks are still left. You can grab them at will. So check it out. Photo of the week, the Telling Fortunes by Tea Leaves. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars and our first patron show in March, which will be the continuation of sorts of this episode with the Wildman articles from Virginia. Hang on, at the end of this episode, I will be playing all of the audio that Logan's father recorded in 1979 and 1980. At least uh, all the audio Logan was able to send to me. And I'm just going to play that out at the end of the episode without any commentary. So if you want to listen through to all that, and we're just going to go ahead and play this out to the end of the episode. We won't end with a song this episode like we normally do. We'll just end with these recordings of the Mount Vernon monster. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can also join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group, and we are on Instagram, at strangefamiliars.
how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.